Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, we're back after a little hiatus here. Uh, one of our members, well, I was uh, abroad on the uh, an experience of a lifetime, and we're back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room. There we are. Yeah, so the takeaway message of the day is go get yourself shaken. Go get shaken up. Because that's exactly what happened to me on um, on this adventure, and it was it was awesome. Um, but when when people ask me, they're like, "Oh, you know, how was your vacation?" And I was uh, in Africa for two weeks in Botswana, and you know, the canned response that you kind of have to give everybody is like, "Oh, yeah, you know, it was really nice. It was good. We saw a lot of animals. Blah blah blah." But the reality of, I don't share the reality of the experience with a lot of people because it was so intense that it's hard, it's really hard to explain without me like going into really elaborate detail and most often people don't want to like really sit dive down. into and listen at yeah. all they don't really care they just are like okay oh yeah went well. great did you see some zebras yeah, yeah. great okay here we go yeah. uh, the animals are big aren't yeah. they yeah oh <laughs> wow elephants cool picture okay uh, now back to like, my little no pant. i got my shit my pants four times pretty much like there were there were several different occasions mainly one that made me hardcore reconsider like my commitment to life and existence because <laughs> I, I hadn't been I, I've not been as scared as I was on this trip in as long as I can remember really I don't remember I don't recall a specific time in certainly the last five years and and it's a diff this was such a different type of a fear where it was generally like a like afraid for my life i would probably equate it with the time that you got held up yeah like that's that, probably what it is like that type a gun of, to your head yeah like that type of fear where you're contemplating like i could die right here well and then you, after the experience happens you are just shaken so up. shaken and it's not stirred it is shaken, shaken. no it, it was like your whole body you just like going to shock almost yeah. And you emotionally don't even know what happened until later. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I've, I've felt about this trip because there was one, there was one evening in particular and uh, my girlfriend and I, we camped and this campsite, keep in mind, our tent is on top of our car, which sounds kind of weird, but they have all these rigs and outfits. So you're like on top of a pickup truck and your tent folds out and it's like a pop-up tent basically. So um this one night the there are tons of elephants in Botswana 130,000 they have one of the most dense populations of uh how elephants. big is Botswana just from a 2 million people land perspective yeah 2 million people probably a little bit smaller than Minnesota okay so it's pretty small it's not super big and um we went to a couple different national parks and one of the evenings we're we're sleeping outside and i, I kind of i told my mother i was like yeah you know we'll be sleeping at these campsites where they're fenced in and blah 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 and that was not a lie the first night there was a fence around the campsite the second three nights that we were camping 
no fence. So you're just out there in the bush with the animals and it is their domain at night. During the day, it's 80 to 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of shuts down. Are they kind of keeping out of the... Everybody kind of... sleeping. Yep, exactly. They keep out of the sun, well, the predators at least. The elephants will kind of just go do anything because... They're monsters. They're just monsters. Mm-hmm. But the predators from like, you know, 11 a.m. till 3 or 4, there's um, not a whole lot of uh, activity. But the second that that sun goes down, game on, and you would just hear the grumbles and the growls. And and, uh, the second night we were camping, our tent was on the edge of a water source. So the um, elephants would pretty much like occupy the water source because, you know, it's really important. And this was the dry season, so water was not readily available. And it's pretty much where all the action happens because the animals all congregate there at least once, if not twice a day. Mm-hmm. That's where the hunt happens, and that's where all of the shows of dominance basically occur. And one night, we're getting our, you know, we're, we've got our food and whatever, and we're just cleaning up from a meal, and we hear this savage growl. Savage, savage growl. I want to explain what type of growl means because i think there's like a roar or yeah just not a roar um you know you think of the mgm line where it's like (sighs) it was not like that it sounded like a harley chopper revving its engine it was so deep and i i don't even know how to recreate it it was it was just terrifying terrifying yeah and we both hear that and we're like oh crap, we should probably get the tent site cleaned up. So we flew around, you know, like throwing shit away, blah, 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 doing all this stuff, getting everything ready for the evening because we knew it was about to go down. Something was going on. How far away was that? Uh, At least between 50 and 100 feet. Hmm. But that was when they were coming down to the water. So this was just the beginning. And the elephants are extremely comfortable with people. So the elephants will actually walk through your camp and get really, really close. And we were taking pictures of the elephants earlier in the night because they were like 30 feet away and there was like seven or eight of them. Yeah. So the elephants, you know, this is their territory. They know all about this. And, you know, then this lion interjects into the mix. Both of my girlfriend and I, you know, hair stands up on our neck. We throw everything away and get up into our tent as fast as we can because uh, our tent's off the ground. So it's, you know, a little more security. And the animals really react to when you are two feet on the ground. So if you're like in a car or in a tent, you're more like a unit because uh, a surprising amount of the animals in the bush in Africa have pretty bad eyesight. Mm-hmm. except for um, giraffes, basically. Like, giraffes have excellent eyesight for whatever reason, so obviously they're tall. So that big necks? Yeah. To see their feet? Yeah. Another interesting thing is that they have a little sponge behind their brain that soaks up blood because it's so far from their heart to their head that they're, they have a 12... Um, uh, they have a 12 kilo heart that's 24 pounds mm-hmm. it's like a size of a basketball 
So think of a basketball pump. Well, it's going to pump blood all the way up there. Yeah, and it would crush and kill the brain. So they have this sponge that like fills up and then feeds the brain a drip of blood, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, I digress. So the elephants are in the water and the lions are in the bush and the lions are trying to get down to the water so they can get some, you know, have a drink. Mm -hmm. And it just starts going off. The lions are growling. The elephants are, you know, trumpeting back at them. And, you know, there's these little skirmishes in the bush where you hear all of these, you know, crackling and whatever, punctuated by these growls. And it was so close to our tent and it was all going down. And we were just like literally right in the middle of it. Yeah. They're they're just kind of circling you. They were. And I was trying to figure out, you know, like, where are these lions? Because the elephants, we like felt like we were on the same team. Mm-hmm. Like we we were cool with the elephants. I don't know why we like they they saw us. They knew we were there. Um, I had my own ways of like building rapport, which a um, zoologist or like animal psychologist will probably be like you're a total effing you're idiot. Dumbass. But <laughs> I, I had my own like ways of communicating. Shake hands. Yeah, pretty much. Like <laughs> we had our own handshake, like high five and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but the the elephants were working together to keep these lions like at bay, basically. And you know, I, I was hearing one really really active lion and then at one point you know things really jumped off he growled really really loudly and then i heard some more growls and then i I figured there was at least three Mm -hmm. and these three were kind of circling around our campsite too like periodically growling at us and the elephants would come in and like stand ground like almost defend almost defend it was so weird Mm -hmm. it was like they were coming in to protect us Mm-hmm. And that was, that was like the only reason that I was even confident that we could spend the night there because I was getting to the point where I was like, should we go? You know, like yeah. it was that intense. Yeah. And, and there was actually another campsite that left in the middle of the night because they couldn't handle it. Yeah. Well. So, so we heard like the tent collapse and them speed off at like three in the morning and because during from like 7 p.m. to just after midnight it was nuts it was a mma fight it was the whole time you're a part of this bigger dance of like territory and you know like you know struggle for survival and it was so intense for us because it, we we don't do it ever. No, we don't ever do it. You know, we don't fear for our lives actively very often, Mm-mm. or for extended periods of time. I mean, it was it was so foreign and so jarring that um, you know I, I struggled to tell people about it because I, I I don't even know how to articulate. I didn't know where to start and to even like to sit down because we talked about it and we had. Mm-hmm. 30 minute conversation on just that and and it's it's something that you know people ask would you go do it again and i certainly would i really would uh it's also something that when you do it once you're like holy shit i'm glad i did that once and i don't really know if i want to put myself in that perilous situation again yeah 
because there's this other story of a um, woman who went out to make water in the evening and uh, she went behind her tent when she was done she turned around and there was a lion that was stalking her and it was two meters away so it was about to pounce and she screamed and the guides came and all this stuff but it's it's real you know like we were on the edge there and that was it was just so intense it was yeah, it was you're raw. part of the jungle yeah it was not like it was not like you're in the lodge and you are behind glass or whatever it was just like this is it man you're in you're in the throes and well and they're constantly assessing you constantly like they're they're you're now in their domain and yep. they're you're playing a game which is much different than you're ever used to playing and you're at a, such a disadvantage too yeah uh and it was good to it was good to sharpen the toolbox a bit you know or sharp, sharpen the tool a bit because like it really did prepare it really did change just kind of the way it was so humbling that's oh, probably yeah. the best word to describe it because it feels so powerless in that situation because sure i had a an axe with me you know and a knife but if it came to the point where i was needing to use one of those for self defense i pretty much already would have been i already had lost the battle like mm-hmm. that so i was committed to not having to use any weaponry and and that was one of the reasons i didn't actually seek anything out like guns or whatever it was but yeah but i had the elephants on our side and after the craziest skirmish you know between the elephants the elephants like um kind of asserted themselves and i heard the lions retreat back into the woods and then the one elephant walks over you know things sort of die down and it's probably like three in the morning or two in the morning at this point and i'm just totally wide awake and i just feel this odd thing and i just kind of whip my head up and look out the tent flap and i see this giant elephant lumbering towards us probably 15 feet tall Jeez. Yeah. yeah several tons of an animal locked eyes with it and I'm, I just froze because I realized that this thing is just lumbering over towards us. And they're so quiet. Yeah. You can't hear them. So this thing walks right up alongside our tent and puts his side, his shoulder, into our vehicle and nudges the car. <laughs> I'm not kidding nudges it he just shoves the car once and it wakes up my girlfriend my girlfriend looks out the the other uh tent wind the so there's four tent windows she looks out one of them and she just doesn't think anything of it because she thinks she's looking outside but she's actually looking at the side of the elephant that just had bumped the tent and so she doesn't think anything of it. And I'm like trying not to shit myself. Oh, yeah. Or say anything. Or say anything, yeah. So then I hear it kind of like, like, like take a step. And then there's this brush up against the zipper of our tent. And now our zipper on the tent is in the shape of a U. So like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you zip 
down the side, across the bottom, and up the other side in order to get in the tent. And the elephant uses its trunk and traces the outline of our zipper. Seriously. No joke. And it didn't even waste any energy like fumbling around anywhere else straight along the zipper. It knew exactly where to look. Exactly where to look. Mm-hmm. And so it touched my feet because my feet were at the edge. <laughs> and still, my girlfriend doesn't even know what's happening because she's feeling me react. So she like thinks that I just moved my feet. And then I was the ruffling in the mm-hmm. tent. And I was like, no, there is an elephant right there. Yeah. And then that's when she saw the elephant that was feet, you know, in our grill. And then it kind of lumbers away and just sending you guys a warning shot or was that like a I I don't know I the way I think of it is kind of like an inspection yeah I feel like he or she came up to the tent and like gave us the one over and then decided that we were okay and moved on Mm -hmm. right after that happens I hear this like crickly crunchy thing like we're running over a tree branch with our vehicle but we're stayed we've stayed put Mm -hmm. so i'm like how is there a tree that's being rubbed against the undercarriage of our car Mm -hmm. there had been a little monkey that was around our camp all day and what i realized is that the monkey brought a stick underneath brought a big branch underneath our truck as defense from the lions and slept underneath our truck (laughs) it was so crazy yeah so crazy and then i was like trying to put the pieces together and the only thing that i can think of is that the monkey thought that since we had the elephant's blessing or whatever like we're in the family Mm -hmm. so it was a safe place to be for the night so he sacked out got some rest and I, I was just totally dumbfounded. Oh, yeah, because those lions can climb trees. Oh, yeah, yeah. And about 10, 15 minutes later, we hear this scream from the other side of the camp. Go away! Get out of here! Go! Go! And we just, my girlfriend and I just look at each other and start to laugh because I realized that, you know, these this other tent was probably just staring down one or two or three or four gigantic elephants that were surrounding them or something Mm -hmm. trying to shoo them away like you would shoo away a stray dog this is you know a 2,000 kilogram animal or whatever like you think it's gonna care oh yeah oh my gosh it was crazy but after at that point that was another thing that like we could rest more assured because we felt like we were not the idiots yeah like if anything was going to happen they were going after that that was the weak link so yeah <laughs> oh yeah but it was uh, it was unlike any other trip and uh, I highly recommend people go do it but and this was a guideless trip this was a guideless trip so we were out there exploring the bush alone is um, that a common thing for people to do it's it's not uncommon, but it's not common. Mm-hmm. They have like outfitters that you can rent all of your camping equipment from. So, 
Mm-hmm. We went through this company called McKenzie 4x4, which if you have the itch to go to Botswana, I highly recommend you use them. They were terrific. And they give ask you... Ask for Al. Yeah, ask for Kurt. Uh, uh, but uh, they they were really terrific. They give you like all of your camping equipment, all of, you know, spare tires, gas, water, tanks, you know, tons of, tons of stuff. So... Um, that vehicle was really pivotal in getting through, and then they, we had a GPS which with tracks for Africa mm-hmm. installed, which has all of or a lot of the African like back roads. So um, you know you'd plug in your destination and basically follow the GPS. It was like you know Siri Google, or whatever, Google yeah, Maps. Google Maps. It was so it was really accessible, but I would not. Uh, I was I was looking at it and I was like, oh yeah, you know that'll be pretty intense. I was on a scale of one to ten. I was like thinking we were gonna have an eight. This was ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. One of the most intense experiences in my entire life. Yeah. Well, I, it sounds I, like it. I literally I really thought that we were at risk for being surrounded and potentially threatened by lions. How many times? Oh, uh, for about. Two, for about an hour mm-hmm. for about an hour or two we were surrounded by the lions and the elephants were on the other side of us and it was like back and forth growl grunt snort movement skirmish like and then you know everything would change places and then reset and get quiet and then it would just escalate again and it was just like these periods of you know when is the next thing going to happen yeah. and i was basically just like waiting and trying to be super aware because i wanted to like see you know could you see anything i could but we didn't have great visibility because the tent flaps kind of had like a, a roof to them mm-hmm. so i could only see about 10 to 15 or 20 feet in the diameter or you know around our tent mm-hmm. but i could hear everything extremely close and like mm-hmm. I saw the monkey underneath our tent and in the morning we went and we saw the footprints of the lions 15 feet away from the tent and then we saw you know well obviously we felt the elephant come up and push our tent which mm-hmm. was super nuts but yeah that was uh, it was really something I I still it, it's kind of crazy to go back to work the next day and to sit in my fucking desk and be like, man, here I am. No lions. In this little box. Mm-hmm. In this little thing. And just moments ago, yeah, I mean, so several days ago, I was fearing for my life in the jungle or, you know, in the bush. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it still hasn't hit me. Perspective shifting. Very humbling. Uh, yeah. You realize how insignificant we are. And they only live to survive there's no there's nothing other than food and water and well and shelter you know and those, sex. those animals walking around those lions are only there because they eat other things mm-hmm. that's it they're not there because <laughs> chipotle is around the corner yeah <laughs> they fucking uh, eat other things oh uh, their existence is kill and destruction they're not vegan no they're not <laughs> vegan they are <laughs> They're not liberals. They're they're, cons- not, they're conservatives. <laughs> there are a lot of conservative lions in Botswana. They're investment bankers over there. Yeah, they're 
<laughs> oh my god. Except gosh. they're a little, they're a little different than those guys. Yeah, they're and gals. Yeah, they're. But yeah, no. Not as arrogant. There's. Well, uh, there there's a little more uh, accountability over there. Yeah. We'll just say. <laughs> yeah. If you step out of line, you you get you eaten. just die. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a it's pretty wild experience. And it does make a lot of sense when you think about what those animals have to go through and then throw in a human yeah. or a truck in there. They're like, all right, I got to figure out what this thing is. It's another thing to add to the equation of life. Mm-hmm. How to filter, factor this into how am I going to eat and drink and well, survive the night? It's similar to, well, not, it's not similar at all, but we were in the, we were in New Orleans listening to the Crocs about the crocs and alligators mm-hmm. and you get in the water and they can feel your heartbeat yeah i think it's a similar survival it's, tactic and instinct where they know what's going on with you they know if you're afraid yeah that was the other thing is i was trying not to i was playing so much with my thoughts because i would notice that when i would have certain thoughts that the animals would react Mm. like if for example I took the elephant's presence for granted like if I made a joke in my head about how the elephant has you know blessed us or whatever because like after the elephant came up and gave us the blessing I I thought I, I thought we were hot shit and I, and I, you know, we were laughing for a little bit, but then I was just ruminating about it. And I had this thought in my head that was like, oh man, I can't believe that. Like, you know, it feels so awesome. Those You're lions. Partnered with yeah, I'm partnered with the elephant. Let's go boys. And then just as I have that thought, there is a ferocious lion roar right outside the tent. And I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> back to it. Be respectful. Don't be an arrogant prick. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like an entire night of me negotiating my own psyche to try and not be a dumb idiot overconfident overconfident exactly because it's not they they just feel it mm-hmm. you know and I, I think we are we're really smart to this type of stuff but it's not like something that we talk about on a regular basis Mm-mm. you know it's not like a, a refined skill like how to read a room or mm-hmm. you know how to how to feel the presence or the you know the confidence or the lack of confidence or the the relative positioning of the other people in the room it's it's like the an unspoken um skill mm-hmm. and people use body language to talk about it like body language analysis and all this and that and that's a a good way you know that's a, a good entry point and then there's like the psychic component of it which is people can really feel the way you're thinking people know what you're thinking yeah and it just oozes out of and you. if you're aware enough you can feel other people's thinking too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that whole evening was me like practicing feeling my own idiot thinking with in the presence of these killers mm-hmm. just killer beasts out there just yeah. circling i don't they're not worried about like you know, oh, this will be a cool story to tell or whatever. Like the second that my psyche would stray from any sort of like objective awareness, they would they would react. And the weirdest thing is they had this call that felt like a laugh. It would be like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was so right. weird. Well, elephants are one of the smartest animals. 
well, their brains are huge. Mm-hmm. I saw a skull, and think of the size of an elephant's brain is basically like a, um, it's proportionally, it's not like way bigger. It's actually smaller than the human's brain proportionally. You know, we have massive brains mm-hmm. in the scheme of things, but the elephant's brain is bigger. And it's kind of like a flattened basketball, basically. Hmm. That's kind of the size. A 28.5. Not regulation. Yeah, women's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was... Anyway, so that was... Uh, that, though, is the thing that I would like to communicate about Africa. Is it, In our experience, it was just extremely raw. Um, very, very engaging. Very unafraid you know africa was unafraid i was terrified yeah uh it was it was just it was was, it's a survival game over there it really was it really was you're not you're not on instagram over there no you're not spending your time they don't have flipping through (laughs) oh my god you don't look at barstool sports over there no They're they're not really worried with what happened at the football game nope such a different set of worries. The recent study came out. The average person touches their cell phone or checks their cell phone. I can't remember if it was, I think it was touches, 2,127 times a day. A day, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild. Makes sense. And I went to a concert last night and every single young person had a battery pack charger. No way. That's the thing now. Is for kids to carry phones with battery pack chargers oh, attached to their phones. Sucky. So that's like what they they've they're on their phone that much uh, where they can't go a day without double bat. Oh man. Think about where that will end up, you know, like people just battery packs like they're just the next step is just gonna attach people are just their gonna, back people are just gonna have like ghostbusters yeah <laughs> built-in battery packs the wall outlet is gonna be like the king of life <laughs> people are gonna go it's gonna be like the airport where people go to worship the outlet yeah they just sit there and you know <laughs> hover around those things sit on the ground next to where somebody threw up earlier yeah <laughs> like drug addicts oh i gotta get my electricity <laughs> zap me give, give me oh, a zap <laughs> oh oh i'm at 29 oh oh 30% <laughs> We have reached over 50%. last me all my flight. Uh, low power mode. Oh, which I... Had. So were they, were they filming too? Oh, yeah. Every two seconds. Yep. So I took three photos. Mm-hmm. And we sat in the 17th row. And we were like right on top on the main ground. It was the best seats I've ever had at a concert. And it, it was a blast. And I could not believe the amount of people taking pictures. Like, it was every single, like, there's just phones up the whole time. It's like it doesn't change that much either. Mm -mm. You know, like, it's the same, it's largely the same look the entire night. No, and I was just, like, people were videoing, you know, like, five minutes at a time. And that's what I was like, you're going to sit and watch this video at home? (laughs) And it's going to be better than watching it fucking right now? Yeah, that is the shitty part. So... I was really trying to be like con- 
aware and present of Mm -hmm. the whole experience because the lights were unbelievable. The singing was unbelievable. It was just a fun experience. But holy shit, these people are just on these phones all the time. That's one of the cool things about uh, Prince. When he was alive, he used to have to check your phone at his house Hmm. because he used to give these concerts to people who would come to his house and everybody would have to put their phone in a little bag and they'd get a number and then at the end of the show they'd get it back. Mm-hmm. And if you were filming, you'd get kicked out immediately. Yeah. No, I think that's a better way to see the, the concert. Yeah. And it was a good time, but a little bit different experience than the uh, safari. A little bit different, but the same under the same undercurrent, I suppose, of presence is key. You know? No, and I... Don't miss life. No, I think presence is key, and you could, it was funny because there was this guy that was sitting around us that was kind of like joking around and trying to be the funny guy and like dancing, he was a little bit older, and I showed up and I was just like, yeah, whatever, and just kind of hanging out and really, I was just amazed at where we were sitting, so I was just enjoying that. Then um, we started dancing and having fun, and then the Imagine Dragons singer came out and had like a unreal presence and was just like, like so powerful. Mm-hmm. He was like so in, like he just so connected and aware mm-hmm. and he was, you know, everybody was locked onto him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the guy sitting in front of us just whimpered away and like sat down and didn't dance for the rest of the time. Huh. And, just couldn't hack it. He could. I. He was like staring at him. I could tell the guy was like, "Holy shit!" What? And like, was confused and trying to like do his thing, but he like just couldn't. couldn't. And I was sitting right behind him, just like having dancing and doing my thing. But it was a very different mm-hmm. type of enjoyment where I was in my own space and not like grabbing at other people. Yeah, exactly. You weren't desperate for attention where he was trying to take from other people. And then once the guy got up there and like, it was Bloom just out like, of the water, boom, obviously, yeah. he had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of cool because they all walked. So we were on the aisle. We had the best seats. They walked right past us to go to the back and do a, tr- a tribute to Tom Petty. So we got to high five every one of the guys in the band. And they like walked literally right next to us that's cool and so that was fun but it was just interesting to watch the way the singer came out and it just changed yeah and it was so different than the the uh band that opened up for them we saw like the last two songs or three songs they didn't have it no it was group love and that's that tongue-tied song which yeah it's it's not as good of a song as any of their song, Imagine Dragon songs, but it was like so different, the mm-hmm. whole feel and look. And I'm sure they do that by design, too. I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah, you don't want the you previous have, act to you can't have the, blow uh, it out of the water. Stepchild doing really well. And then, yeah. So I'm sure that that's by design. But, you know, and then they like, I'm sure they do a lot of visual effects and all this other stuff, and mm-hmm. whatever. But it was. It was interesting because you could just tell the presence of mind. And that guy has actually struggled with depression a ton. He's a Mormon. So he went really? to BYU. Hmm. And he's 30 years old and has like four kids and had some serious issues with mental health. And he talked about it. And they're actually for, from Las Vegas. So they talked a lot about Las Vegas and like we're kind of congratulating everybody on showing up and like saying fear doesn't win and, you know all that stuff that they say. 
Oh, from the uh, shooting. The shooting in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, what a tragedy. Yeah. Jeez Louise. So they're they're from there. Ugh. That's where they like started. That was so sickening. Yeah. To hear about. Oh, it's terrible. Anyway, you don't listen to this podcast to get beat down. We want to build you all up. So that's, that's our game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had another crazy experience. Yeah. So I went to the Red River rivalry in Dallas this weekend. Which, which is, is Oklahoma versus Texas. UT football. Talk about two fan bases that are obsessed with football. Mm-hmm. It, it amazes me every year how into this game these fans are. One thing I would like to also see is Alabama. I've heard it's the same thing. Yeah. And my buddies that I went with have gone to the games. Mm-hmm. And they have said that the UT Alabama game is their favorite because... UT Alabama or UT uh, OU yeah, because yeah. they're both like equal yeah to the point where we left halftime like two minutes early to go get in line for like food and drinks and yeah. stuff we can go outside to the state fair yeah and we could tell who scored based on the side of the um stadium, stadium that cheering. was cheering yeah we were like oh Texas just scored and it was so apparent. So loud. Scored. Like, because it was like yeah. Oklahoma's on one side, Texas is on the other. Uh-huh. And it was so deafening loud. And then the game was close. It came down to like the last, the last couple of plays. And people were just nuts. It's like an electric atmosphere that is not like going to an NFL game or it's not like going to, unfortunately, the University of Minnesota game. It no, is it's, nuts. Like, these yeah. people are wild. They're screaming at each other and like yelling at each other and like almost getting fights. And like, so it's like it's so intense. It is intense, and I mean, they're not lions running around, but these still, it's it's a different intensity. And and the one thing I had noticed is is like almost a, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, like a, a blindness of them. Yeah, where they are so obsessed that they don't, they're not aware of anything at all. Like nothing else matters except for this, and they're so one sided. Like so one-sided that like everything that goes wrong is everybody else's like every call that gets made no matter what it was it was wrong if it was against your team so there was no like healthy respect there's no like Like there you know that 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 play bested us it was always like trying to jab the knife in sort of a thing it's just like such a like a like back and forth mentality and like not a lot of respect, actually. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a blast of the game to go to. We went and did this whole, you know, state fair. Is it always at Texas? Every year it's in Dallas. Okay. And so Austin is where UT oh, is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so they do it offsite at the Cotton Bowl. Yep. And it's been there for the last, like, 20 years. And I know they just extended it to, like, the next, to, like, 2025 or something. What a cool tradition. Really cool. And the fans show up. Holy shit. Sold out. What uh, what time is the game? 2.30. Perfect. So it was like amazing. We yeah. got to that. So it's right inside of the Texas State Fair. So there's the State Fair of Texas and they do it. So we your ticket gets you into the State Fair of Texas. That's awesome. And so then you walk through and we got there at 11 and it was jammed. Mm-hmm. Like people were everywhere. Like So I uh, we were waiting in line at halftime. Who'd you cheer for? I wore UT. I went OU the uh, last few years. Yeah. I went UT this year. Okay. And uh, we stayed at an OU uh, 
hotel. hotel. So we were at halftime getting tickets, and one of these guys from UT, older guy, probably 60, was in line, and we were chatting him up, and he's like, my wife's going to get tickets. You know, you guys have any extra tickets? for like, Because you have to buy these tickets, tickets for, to, beer for beer or whatever. Yeah. So six tickets or whatever. So we, we were in line, and the guy's like, oh, I'll just wait for my wife. And then there's like, you know, two people in front of us, and he goes, how much for that sleeve of tickets? And I go, oh, it's 10 bucks for 20 tickets. And he goes, here's 50 what? He gave me 50 bucks for 20 tickets. And then, so he was like, I just want to. And like, he was flipping through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Like, just this guy didn't care. Didn't care. Then there's an OU guy in front of us that turns around and goes, I got 10 of these things. And he's like, I'm leaving right now. And I was like, well, I'll take them. And he goes, fuck, no, I'm giving these to an OU fan. He gave them to two OU fans right next to us. It's like, oh, thanks, you dick. But yeah. it's like, that's the they type. Care, they care so much. Yeah, but it's just funny. And, and you know, the, it calmed down a little bit. But, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. So, it's a great game. I would, if you love college football, that's the game to go that's to. That's the game to go to. You, there's a safe air of Texas. So you bounce around there. Because that's what I was trying to fi- figure out. Like, that, that is the thing about Alabama is there's nobody who can even step to them. So, Mm-mm. it wouldn't even be fun to go to a game because they just annihilate people. They annihilate people. And it's kind of harder to get to. So, oh, yeah. like, 45 minutes outside of the nearest airport. and Yeah. Like, this is in Dallas. Super and easy. It's a fun city to be in, and everybody's super pumped up to be there. Like we got there Thursday night, and there are people flying in in droves, like with wearing yeah. their shit, and like we went golfing, and the golfers in front of us are wearing OU stuff. Did you bring you, your clubs? Or yeah, did you... I brought my clubs. Okay. Played quite well. Nice, fun ass round. But yeah, it was it was. Uh, yeah, I drove a par four that was three hundred and twenty yards. Just launched one. That's a big drive. Yeah, and so uh, the couple of my buddies were on the green and I hit the green and almost hit one of them because I was like oh, I don't think it's gonna get there mm-hmm. how many guys did you go down there with so we went down there eight eight two guys were there lived there one guy lived there and he brought his buddy so you know we got a big crew mm-hmm. and we all like football and everybody stayed out of prison or out of the drunk tank this year yeah somebody got handcuffed but didn't didn't go away. oh man was it the same guy no different oh, different guy different different guy uh the the uh duck duck goose of who's going to have their run-in of the law this year which is funny because uh, one of the new guys that came this year went to jail in dallas like three years ago mm. the same stupid reason same stupid reason uh, just, I bet they get so many people during that weekend. Oh there. yeah, and I mean, tip is just don't get just don't, blacked the don't, fuck out yeah, drunk. Yeah, like you can be drunk, but don't get that drunk. Yeah, and I, I thought I, you know, I did a much better job of managing everything because we went golfing Friday morning, so I was tired. Took to bed Friday night, pretty, pretty decent time. Saturday, what like didn't go too wild. Mm-hmm. Came in early, so yeah, it was. I felt like I was, you know, there the whole weekend, and I actually felt pretty good Sunday coming home. That's good, man. We had a couple, couple weeks, a couple past weeks. I suppose mm-hmm. it's been a while since we casted, so it has. the experiences pile up. Yeah, we kind of build them up and then mm-hmm. launch them out. I mean, we, we got more coming, so sure do. But uh, you'll have to ch- tune in to the next episode for that one, so you can catch us next time here in the Rumpus Room. Mm-hmm. Thank you.